Welcome to The Light of the World, and this is Jerry G. Martin. If you are like me, it is disheartening to listen to the news and see the horrific things that are happening in our country, in our state, in our city, and in some of our homes. There's murders and neglect and abuse and trafficking and violence. God said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, he will hear from heaven and he will heal our land. God has the solution to our sin problem. Stay tuned after today's broadcast and we're going to invite you to come out and join us for a week of fasting and prayer for our children, our community, our city, our country, our culture, and our churches. Come and go with us as we walk in the light of God's Word. The Bible says, For God so loved the world, He didn't want people going to the lake of fire, that He sent His only Son. Go down and help the people out, will you? God loved His creation so much that He had a solution for the sin problem. The solution's in Romans 5, verse 6 through 8. You see, just at the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. He died for the ungodly. You know who the ungodly were? Us. We were. While we were yet sinners and yet in sin. Look at verse 7. Very rarely would anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, while we were still sinning, while we couldn't help ourselves. And listen, you might have thought you were in control when you were a sinner, when you were living your life. You thought it was just you. This is me. I'm just doing my thing. No, nobody got a thing. You either got the devil's thing or God's thing. You don't have a thing. He just got you thinking this is your own thing. It's just me. I'm just living my life. No, you don't have no life to live. It's not your life. If it was yours, you could keep it. You can't keep it. It's, it's wasting away. When the devil told you to lie, you'd lie. When he tell you to steal, you'd steal. When he tell you to fight, you'd fight. When he tell you to cuss, you'd cuss. You thought it was you, but it was him. You, and some of y'all are like, I didn't know that. No, that ain't you. That's the devil. That's demonic activity. That's demon forces. Who you think it is going to these high schools killing these folks? Those folks full of demons. You know, they don't need no riddling. That demon need to be cast out. That's demonic activity. You don't recognize it when you see it. Folks walking in and trying to take somebody's car and kill some mother over just so they can ride in a car for a few blocks and ditch it. That's demonic activity. You said that don't make no sense. That's because it's demonic. Let's call it what it is. Well, the kids just they just need a job. No, he, he it ain't the job. They just poor. No, we were poor. We didn't do all that stuff. Don't talk about they just poor living in poverty. No, no, no. Poverty don't make you crazy like that. That's demonic activity. And somebody got to speak up and say, no, that's what it is. Call it what it is. The devil is running rampant. And he knows his time is winding up. And he's on extra strength. Just like you got extra strength stuff at your house. Extra strength washing powder. Extra strength this. The devil is extra strength now. Because he knows his time is not long. Whatever people were doing is on steroids. Sexual activity is on steroids. Pornography is on steroids. Your kids are walking around with it in their phones. And you letting them look at it. And you, ain't, you don't even know what they're doing. 
I've heard 10-year-old kids say, I was looking at pornography on my phone. My parents didn't know nothing about that. And you buy it and give it to them. They ain't got no job. If you're going to give them a phone that young, it ought to be able to do one thing, call. Can't see nothing. Go get them a flip phone. You can still get those. No. You say, I need to call him. Well, he's doing more than calling. He's texting his naked pictures. And he's nine. Everything is on, a, on, on another pathway right now, very fast and furious. The devil is saying, I ain't got time to waste. He's trying to get as many people to go his direction as he can, and God's trying to get many to go the direction as he can. The problem is the devil's forces are more vocal and stronger than ours. The believers are just rejoicing, and we ain't even rejoicing good. You come to church, come on, clap your hands, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. Not only are we not telling people about Jesus Christ, we're not spreading the gospel, we're not challenging them to come to Christ, we just have to try to pump you up just to come to church. But the world is partying hardy, going to hell in a handbasket, and every time, just turn on TV and watch all this crazy stuff going on. And so what are we doing? There's a problem in the earth, there's a problem. But I like the scripture that says, where sin abound, grace much more abound. He said, in the right time, he sent his son so he can come in and make a difference. I believe people are going to be more open to the word of God as soon as the believers begin to open their mouths and start giving it to them. They're ready to hear the gospel. They're ready to hear the truth because the gospel, Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel for in the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Just tell them that they're sinners and need to be saved. Watch the gospel go in there and grab them by the heart and reach out into that spirit man and say repent and be baptized you don't have to be scared of them just the God, this is a great time for the gospel to be preached and to be shared with men and women and say you need to be saved do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior let the Holy Spirit do his work for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him, look at what he said. Jesus said this, shall not perish. What does perishing mean? He said you're going to hell I came so you don't have to go. People said, well, why would a loving God send people to hell? God ain't sending you. You're already on your way. He's trying to rescue you. You were going to hell as fast as you could. He sent his son so that you wouldn't have to go. He sent his word so that you wouldn't have to go. He sent the preacher so you wouldn't have to go. He ain't trying to send you to hell. He's trying to keep you from going. You were already on your way. So what's our response? Our response is in Romans as well in 10.9, if you confess with your mouth. Listen, you don't have to go and do a whole lot of crazy stuff to be saved. You just need to believe that, number one, I am a sinner. Don't let the enemy fool you. The biggest thing is, is that we keep talking ourselves, I'm all right, I'm all right, I'm all right. You ain't all right. You have to understand, yes, I'm a sinner. Yes, I am. I'm a sinner. I've lied, I've stolen, I've cheated. I've done these things. And some people say, I haven't done these things yet, but it's, it's in you. It'll come out. Let somebody look at you funny. What you looking at? It's in there. It's still in some of the saints. <laughs> the saints will do that too. What you looking at? You need to be delivered. See, the saints will just do it a different way. We'll throw some spiritual stuff in there. I need to pray for you. You're looking at me like that. I remember my own life. I grew up in church, but I found out growing up in church don't make you saved. I ask people today, tell me about your coming to the Lord. Tell me about your salvation. Well, you know, I grew up in church. I've always been in church. 
and well, you know, I, my mother went to church, my dad went to church, and so I've always been in church. Yeah, but tell me about how you came to know the Lord. So I was in church every Sunday and Sunday night and every Tuesday and every Friday night and at the prayer meetings and at choir rehearsal, but I wasn't saved. Back in the day in the holiness church, a sanctified church, there was a line between saved and unsaved. And you knew where that line was. You didn't fool yourself. I knew I wasn't saved. I just had to act like it at, at the house. Some of y'all know what I mean. You can't be acting like no devil in that house. So you had to act like you're saved, even if you wasn't. And if you're not careful, we got a lot of people think that they're saved because they came to church one time and had a good feeling. Let me tell you something. When you get saved, ain't nobody got to follow up on you to see if you're going to come to church. Let me just put it that way. When you give your life to the Lord, nobody's got to follow up on you and, and coach you all the way into church and try to tell you you need to be here. Uh, you need to have regular attendance and you need to come to prayer every once in a while. You need to come to church regular. Nobody got to do that when you make a profession of faith to God and he really comes in your life and change you. When Jesus Christ comes into your life, you are a changed person. If any man is in Christ, he is a New creation. You're new. The old is gone. The new has come. People come up now and they say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord. Then you can't find them. You got to hunt them down. You going to come to church? Well, I don't know. See, listen, let me just tell you this. There's a head salvation and then there's a heart salvation. A head salvation is, you know, uh, that was really a good sermon. I know I need to do some things right. I know my life ain't right. I know, I know, I know. I'm going to go and join that. See, that's like joining the health club and the exercise place in January. After you done ate all of November and December and you done gained 20 pounds and you say, I'm going to work out, I'm going to join. And they know, they know that, so they sent you something in the mail, said your first 30 days is only $30. And you said you're going to join. And you joined. And you went one time. By March, you ain't going no more because that was a head health transaction, not a heart. You went there and you got on that treadmill and that thing was going so fast, you almost passed out. And you're like, how you control this thing? I ain't going back there. Them people are crazy. Some people will come to church and they hear a good message. The Holy Spirit will convict their hearts and they'll come in and say, yeah, I know I need to change. You know that. And then you say, okay, just repeat after me. Lord, forgive me for my sins. Just save me, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm saved. Well, you're saved. You got it. You got it. You got it. And then nothing changed in your life. Before I gave my life to the Lord, I went up to an altar call. I went up to the altar call more than once. Didn't you? But I went to the church one night, and my heart wasn't right. But something got a hold of me. See, there's a point when the Lord knows that you're really serious. You can fool the preacher. You can fool the deacons. You can fool the altar workers. But you can't fool God. And God knows when you are serious and he knows when you're just going through the motion. He knows when you're just coming up because you just got an unction and you just feel like, I need to change. I need to change. And he knows when you say, Lord, 
I'm at a point in my life where I need you in my life, God, and I'm ready to just give my life over to you. He knows when you made that point. And when you've made that decision, the Holy Spirit comes to join in with you and, and, and break the power of sin in your life and come to take up residence on the inside of you. And that you cannot comfortably do the things you used to do when the Lord comes into your life. When you go back out and you start doing the things you used to do, the Holy Spirit gets on the inside of you and says, you can't do that. You can't do that. We don't do that up in here. And you come back and you get on your knees and say, Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive me. I want to live right. That's what happened when you're saved. Now, if you keep on doing the stuff you used to do and ain't nothing messing with you, guess what? You ain't saved. In fact, I'll tell you, here's a good sign you are saved. When you, get, when you give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, you are likely to hear something in your mind that says, you know what? You ain't saved. You ever heard that? When I got saved, I knew I was saved, but I heard this voice say, you ain't saved. I said, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. Why you ain't tell me that when I was out partying? I ain't never heard nothing say you ain't saved. Right in the middle of you doing your thing. You ain't saved. He ain't going to tell you that then because you might quit. The only time you're going to hear that voice is when you are saved. He's trying to tell you you ain't got nothing, but say, no, 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 no. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. I know I'm saved. Jesus came to save those who were lost. How many are saved? Let me ask you this. Saved from what? Hell. You don't have to save anybody from something good. You save them from something destructive. That's going to destroy your life. Jesus said, I came to save you. And I came to save you from hell. That's why we say we're saved. He didn't save us just so we can come to church. He saved us from damnation, hell, fire, eternal separation from God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes on him shall not perish, shall not perish, shall not perish instead of perishing, but shall have everlasting life. The opposite of that is everlasting death. So if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, not in your head, in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You confess him with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. That means that he's now in control. He's now master of my life. I'm following him. He's not following me. He is Lord. I'm confessing that. I believe in my heart that he was raised from the dead. He says, with your, for with your heart, it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you are confessed and are saved. I don't know where you are today, whether you're listening to me here or listening to me on the radio or wherever you might be. The only one know that you are saved is you and God. You can go through the motion all you want to, but I'm telling you, don't sit up in the church just going through the motion. The Bible said it is appointed unto man once to die. All of us have an appointment. All of us are getting on up out of here, as we say. And then he says, we're appointed to die, and the next phase says, and then the judgment. We are appointed to die, and then we're appointed to be judged. 
God is the judge of our lives. Listen, we're not going to have to make a case for ourselves. That's not going to be in a representation. You're not going to have an attorney to represent your case. There's nothing you're going to be able to say or do. God already knows. He has the video. And he knows. So he's not going to be asking any questions to figure out whether you save or not. He's already going to know. All he's going to do is just say, I'm judging you for what you have not done. You have not accepted the Lord as your Savior. You have not repented of your sin. Away from me and go in eternal hell fire. That's what he's going to say. You can't be looking for your name in the book. He's got the book. Your name is not in this book. Come on, look at it. It's Shaquina now. It's Shaquina. We spell it with a Q, not an S. Come on, look. I know it's in there. I know it's in there. Mama told me he was in there. No, he says, your name ain't in here. Talking about it ain't spelled right. Now, God knows how to spell your name. And he knows whether your name is in the book. Listen, every person, it doesn't matter all the things that we do here in the church. We serve in the church. There are going to be people serving in the church that's not going to heaven. There are going to be people singing in the choir. There are going to be people preaching the gospel. That's not going to heaven. Jesus said at the judgment, why call me Lord, Lord, and you didn't do the things I said. He said, there are going to be some that say, Lord, we cast out devils in your name. We healed the sick in your name. He said, get away from me because I don't even know you. That's the judgment. All of us is going to have to stand before the judgment. Every person you know, every person in your family, every person that you come in contact with, will have to stand before the judgment. If you are saved, one of the things you don't want to experience is somebody you worked with for 12 years sitting in the next cubicle, sitting right next to you. You in the line going into heaven and you praising God. He said, come on in. And that other person's in the line going to hell and they look at you and say, you knew about this and you didn't say anything. You knew about this and we sat down, we had lunch with me and you didn't say anything. Well, I didn't want to offend you. I didn't want to just try to put my religion on you. No, but you knew about this. And you didn't say anything. You didn't tell me. You think you're going to have a lot of joy going into heaven then when you hear him say, you knew about this. And you said nothing. If you believe that, you can tell people, say, listen, if you made a decision for Jesus Christ, are you saved? Do you have an eternity to face? They could get mad at you if you want to. Say, All right, I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. Don't shoot the messenger. I'm just telling you. Because when you see me again, I want you to say, yep, but I told you. Here's the good news. Romans 10, 13 says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's the good news. For everyone. Somebody say everyone. Listen, it doesn't matter who you are what you have done in the past, what your life has been like, God says for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The door is open for everyone to come to Jesus Christ. As we think about the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that's not just so that we can have a wonderful story to talk about on Easter. Jesus came for an express purpose. He was on a mission. He said, there's sin in the world and the people are going to hell. And God took his son 
and said, I'm going to take the sins of man and put them on your shoulders, offer you up as a sacrificial lamb so that you can fulfill the righteousness that others can't fulfill. And if they look upon you and receive what is happening and the shedding of the blood of Jesus Christ, you will cover their sins. All they have to do is look at you and live. Look upon you and what you've done and accept what you have done as Lord and Savior of their lives and they will live eternally. Here's what I want to do today. I don't know where you are, but I want to give you an opportunity right now to say, Lord, I, I want to accept what Jesus Christ has already made available for me. I've heard the word and I'm ready for that change. I know I need that change, not just in my head, but in my heart. I want you to think about it where you are. You may be 10 years old, 11 years old, 12 years old, 20 years old, 40, 60, 80. Doesn't matter. You've heard the word of God. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All needs a Savior, and He provided all that we need. The Bible said if you would confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that means accepting Him and accepting what He's done. And say, you are the Lord of my life. You are my Lord. I believe in my heart that he was raised up from the dead for my sin. I accept it by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I accept him. I invite him in. Say, Father, forgive me of my sin. Forgive me. I'm a sinner. Forgive me. I accept your forgiveness. Wash me. Cleanse me. Help me to make a new start in Jesus Christ. Right where you are. I was in my office, sitting there by myself, in a corporate office, and I said, Lord, I'm ready for change. I need you in my life. He came into my life. I knew it right then there was change in my life, and he'll do the same for you. Every person who was saved had to come this way. They had to make a decision for Jesus Christ. And we're here for you to make a decision for him in your life right now. Say, Father, I'm ready for change. I'm ready for whatever you want to do in my life. Take my life and make it what you want to make it. Trust in him that he will take your life and take you to a new level. Father, we thank you right now for what you've already done. Somebody is asking you to come into their life right now to change them and to take up residence in their hearts. We thank you for it right now, dear God. For those who are saying, I'm a sinner, I repent, I receive. And I believe. Thank you, mighty God. We thank you for the salvation that you've already provided. We thank you for the deliverance that you've already provided. We thank you, Lord, that you've broken the power of sin, that he has no rule over us anymore. We thank you for it now. In the name of Jesus Christ. This is Jerry G. Martin. I want you to know that no matter what's going on in your life, no matter how many situations and trials you're going through, God has the answer to your problem. God has a solution to the sin problem, and that's salvation through Jesus Christ. We can get discouraged by the things that we see on the news or in a culture, the violence, the anger, the dissent, the division among people. There is a solution to this problem. If the believers are the light of the world, why is it so dark out there? God wants his people to be revived and to let his light shine so that those who are in darkness can come to him. 
This week, beginning Monday, November the 1st, we're in five nights of prayer and fasting. You can join right along with us. God put the burden on the shoulders of his people. He said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways and seek my face, I will hear it and I will heal your land. We will be meeting at 7 o'clock p.m. in person at our worship center at 16161 Old Humble Road. If you feel the urgency to come and join with other believers and pray, come on out and be with us. We will lift our voice to the Lord and ask him to revive us, to renew us, and to heal our land. We have family members that need the saving and delivering power of Jesus Christ. We have issues in our lives that only the miracle hand of God can take care of. For more information, call us at 281-964-1393. Bring your request. Be our guest and join us as we pray. 7 o'clock p.m., 16161 Old Humble Road. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, May the Lord our God richly bless you and we'll be with you again next time.